You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the OKC82 Podcast. It's the OKC82 Podcast, Jerry Ramsey. Not the All82 Podcast. Uh... (laughs) Yes, for whatever reason, Jerry keeps calling it the L82 Podcast. I guess I need to write it down for him, but yeah. Um, By the way, if you don't know who I am, my name is Brady Trantham. You are stuck with me tonight. Madison Morris had prior engagements and obligations tonight. Uh, We do have lives outside of covering this team, and uh, she had to go, I think she had to go teach cheer or palm or dance. I don't know what exactly she's teaching. Um, she never allows me to join in on her classes. She refuses to teach me. She says that I'm not flexible enough. Um, and so after um, every night going to bed crying about that, I'm just going to try to do my best on this Monday night without Madison, which is going to be hard to do because everybody listens to this show because of Madison and not because of me. But hopefully you guys are listening to the OKC82 podcast. Um And I'm pretty sure everybody that is listening is very excited tonight. The Thunder have probably one of their best performances of um, of the season in terms of complete basketball, both offense and defense, even some special teams play sprinkled in there. Um, The Thunder ended up winning tonight 110 to 83 in Detroit um, on the road against a, a fairly a pretty good team, a team that's really surprised a lot of people uh, this season, like 20 games into the year. Um, uh, Blake Griffin has become he's he's added the three point shot to his game. Uh, the Pistons with Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin they kind of give you a more old school approach. Even though Blake is still trying to, like I just said, uh, extend his game out beyond the perimeter just to evolve with you know 2018 NBA. But still, having said that, um, the Pistons are they're they're not yesterday's Detroit Pistons if that makes sense. Um, so all in all, a, a spectacular win for the Thunder. Now. Probably the, the most interesting thing from this game, uh, Terrence Ferguson makes his return after missing, I think, four games. Uh, five games ago was the uh, Golden State win in Oakland, the game where he did roll his ankle. He missed the next four games. Also had like a little Thanksgiving break before um, after that game. So roughly about two weeks. Makes his return, started tonight, and <laughs> you would think just by looking at, you know, just take, taking a quick glance at the box score that he was... Uh, I, I don't know, for lack of a better word, bad. But you know, if you watch this game start to finish, Terrence Ferguson really set the tone. Um, he only had two points, got it towards the end of the game, only took one shot, um, hit both of his free throws. But the guy was dishing and trying to find uh, the wide, the wide open man, trying to make the extra pass. He was playing smart basketball, and he's starting to play. And even before the injury, and I think a lot of people have kind of taken notice of this. But he's starting to play like the player that the Thunder organization asked him to be going back July in Summer League. Uh, John Hamm and I uh, had the opportunity to go down to uh, Summer League down in Vegas for the franchise. And, yeah, you could tell, you know, in person it was a complete work in progress for Terrence Ferguson. But I wrote about it at the time that if this is going to happen for Terrence, it's not going to be, you know, it's, it's like the light bulb was not going to come on at one moment early on in this process. It's going to be a month by month, a week by week, month by month. You know, we might be 
four or five months into the season where he's able to consistently do things like this on offense, but he's at least showing flashes of improvement, and that's all you can look for because at the same time, his defense has remained kind of consistent, has kind of remained consistent and stable, and well enough. Um, you know, especially with Andre Robertson being out, and now Andre Robertson being out for a little bit longer, um, he's played a big role in having the, um, helping the Thunder have the best net rating defensively in the NBA. So uh, it's just it was a really good showing for Terrence Ferguson tonight. Billy Donovan said so in the post game presser tonight that you know it, it's really nice to see a player. Um, your first game back, still make a big impact. And even though he didn't score a lot, he didn't really have to score a lot. But finding um, Jeremy Grant for that dribble drive on a dish to the wide, um, to Jeremy Grant wide open in the corner, uh, that really set the tone for the game. And pretty much from that point on, the Thunder did not look back. I mean, it was it was a straight dom- dominant performance. I mean, the, you've got a 37-19 third quarter. Um, after the Thunder had pretty much taken control. Uh, they had about a 10-point lead, um, I believe, at halftime. I can't really remember. But it seemed like every time the Pistons would get it down to 10, 9, or 8, I think they got it down to as much as 8. Uh, I think Reggie Jackson hits a 3 to get it down to 8. Then Russell Westbrook goes on the other, si- um, on the other side of the floor and drains a 3 to get the lead back up to double digits. And it was just kind of that back-and-forth affair. The Pistons were never able to make that that run to get them to tie the game or get them you know, some momentum to take the lead. The Thunder were just playing too stingy of defense. And I follow quite a bit of uh, Pistons writers. <clears throat> um, for some reason, like I, I don't know why, the, the Detroit Pistons have one of my favorite co- collections of writers and Twitter personalities. And they all had about the same thing, <clears throat> the same opinion pretty much the entire game, and that the Thunder's perimeter defense was – amazing and probably the best defense that they had seen uh, this season so far. Uh, the Pistons were unable to just really do anything they wanted on offense. They could barely drive the, drive into the paint. Um, I think the Thunder ended up only a plus 10 in points in the paint. I, I think 56 to 46 I put in the recap. Hopefully that's right. Uh, 56 to 46, but the Pistons did get a, like about seven, seven, or, seven or nine point, or No, they got about, wait a minute, I had this written down. And this is why I miss Madison. They had about six or eight points in the paint really, really late during the garbage time, like the final two minutes. So it was it was, it was was much worse than the 56-46 uh, margin. Uh, the Thunder just did whatever they wanted in the paint while the Pistons just struggled. And if it wasn't for Blake Griffin, <laughs> the Pistons would have been destroyed much, much worse than they were tonight. And, you know, this is this is what we've seen out of the Thunder all year. Their defense leading to offense, generating easy buckets, generating easy scores because, as we all know, the Thunder are the worst three-point shooting team in the league, one of the worst shooting teams in the league. They have the worst effective field goal percentage in the league. Just about every shooting metric, the Thunder are in the bottom five, yet they still find ways to win and win consistently, and it's because of their defense. And even tonight, they shoot 7 of 25 from the three-point line, um, they, but end up going 50% from the field. And a lot of that had to do with Steven Adams <laughs> making his first seven shots. He took eight. or his uh, Yeah, his first seven shots, he took eight. And Jeremy Grant making his first five shots. Um, just a lot of high-percentage shots at the pa- um, in, the, um, in the painted area. Uh, the Thunder went 17 of 20 from the free-throw line. It was just a, a generally really good performance. The only thing that sh- that 
you can kind of look back and say, well, th- this could have been a little bit better is the three point shooting at 28%. But then again, that's right around the Thunder's average. <laughs> they shoot around 30, 31% from the from three point line um, this season so far. So e- even still, um, it- it's nice to see the Thunder continue to win games like this because, and in such dominant fashion, because it, sh- it tells you just that, that old cliche that defense travels. And no matter when the Thunder are playing, no matter if it's the back to back, if it's a back to back or the um, third game in four nights, whatever, the Thunder are always going to have a game plan of defense first that gives them a chance in any in any game that they play, and it's really given them a chance in all their games they they've played. Uh, they've yet to be really blown out, except for maybe you know a quarter or a half here against Sacramento or that third quarter against Boston. Um, uh, Denver got kind of ugly in the second quarter. The Thunder were able to storm back, thanks to thanks to some uh, pretty good defense. But overall, I mean, this is, you know, a lot of people have still kind of said that the jury is out on the Thunder because their schedule has been soft. Even though if you followed this team last year, um, that was one of the main kickers for the team was that they could not beat the Sacramento's of the world. They could not beat the Phoenixes of the world consistently. They would, they would beat golden state. They would beat Houston and then they would lose to Detroit at home. Or then they would lose to Brooklyn in Mexico city. They would lose all these games that they had no business losing. And it played into just the theme of that team. And now this team is consistent. And now this team is beating those teams that they're supposed to be beating. And like I said, at the beginning of the show, Detroit's no slouch. I mean, they were what third or fourth in the East, and have surprised people. Blake Griffin looks like a looks like the old All Star version that we all kind of um, known him to be in those days at Lob City with the Clippers and Chris Paul and DeAndre Jordan. He's updated his game a little bit to um, sp- help spread the floor. Detroit kind of has the same problem Oklahoma City has. Not that not many shooters, even though they they have like some category shooters, but uh, they are kind of like a Western Conference, the Eastern Conference Oklahoma City in that they try to be more physical than you. They try to rely on their defense to generate um, easy buckets. And tonight, Stephen Adams just straight up won the Andre Drummond, um, the Stephen Adams-Andre Drummond matchup. Jeremy Grant, like I said, made his first five shots, but was just spectacular on both sides of the floor. He he made Blake Griffin work for his 20 points. I mean, Blake, yeah, 20 points, five rebounds, four assists. Uh, Blake was three of eight from the three-point line. And even though Blake has improved his three-point shooting, if you make Blake Griffin take eight three-pointers, you're doing something right. And that's what Jeremy Grant was doing. He made Blake work for it and basically pushed him away out beyond the arc and from then on, the, the Pistons were just discompopulated on offense. They had no no room to move, and the Thunder were able to just pounce on that and extend their lead to 20 and then ultimately to 30. And it was just, you know, it was over in the third quarter, just like a lot of these games have been for the Thunder. Um, you know, and it's another game where the Thunder win big and they win um, in the ways that we've seen them play. And I don't really mention Paul George. <laughs> he had, uh, I think he had like seven rebounds in the first quarter. Um, it's just, it's just amazing how this team has kind of gone from, you know, even going back to the Kevin Durant days, Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant have to score 30 points. And then you just hope Steven Adams, Dion waiters, somebody else, Serge Ibaka, you hope somebody else chips in 15, 16, 17 points here and there. And that'll lead to a thunder victory. And then going to the Russell Westbrook MVP or where he had to score all the points 
and you pray that uh, the Thunder don't fall off too much when he's off the floor. And then last year, it was just kind of an inconsistent mess of Russell and Paul scoring 30 points every other night together, um, sometimes together, sometimes not, and uh, just kind of a who's who of like, oh, this guy got hot randomly. Alex Abrinas got hot from the three-point line, or Terrence Ferguson has that really good game in L.A. against the Lakers. But now it's just, it's a it's become kind of like just a huge collection of impact. Um, Dennis Schroeder has been one of the, one of the guys that, you know, is going to garner some six man of the year um, hype as the season progresses. I mean, he had 12 points tonight, nine rebounds, six assists, played under control, six of 13 from the, from the floor. Didn't, he only took one three pointer that he missed and that's going to be, that's fine. In a game like this, you don't want to see a guy like Schroeder, who's not really a great three point shooter or not even really a good three point shooter just start chucking up a bunch of threes because Russell took seven and I think only five of them came during the point during the uh, period of the game where it was somewhat in doubt. So five three pointers in a uh, game that is not decided that that's about, you know, enough. I'm happy with that from Russell Westbrook. He hit two of them. Um, That one that really kind of stopped a, a potential Pistons run. Like I mentioned, after Reggie Jackson hit a three, and Russell came right back and hit one again. Um, you know, it was it was fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the players of the game. I mean, it's it's going to be Stephen Adams and uh, Jeremy Grant, and Terrence Ferguson. Terrence Ferguson finishes with a career high four assists, and you know, it's 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 it was interesting just because this season, you know, you wouldn't think it with for the with the Thunder's record. But the Thunder have had quite a little plethora of injuries this season. And it seems like, and this kind of goes as a universal rule for about any other team. I mean, the Pistons just beat the Warriors on Saturday night in Steph Curry's first game back in, you know, a handful of weeks. And you wouldn't think that the Pistons would beat the Warriors, but, you know, it's not just, it's not so simple when you plug in a guy, even if, like, you know, at Steph Curry's caliber. You don't just plug in a guy after missing so much and, and most of the time look like you've, you know, haven't missed a beat or you just play flawlessly. You know, there's always going to be an adjustment period. There's always going to be some rust. And even when, you know, Russell Westbrook missed the first two games, you know, Dennis Schroeder goes back to the bench. Well, then Schroeder has to learn that chemistry with the bench now. And then they, I think Russell plays six games and then rolls his ankle against New Orleans. Then he misses, um, um, no, he played seven games, then missed the next five or six games. And Schroeder goes back to the starting lineup, but then when Russell comes back, there's that adjustment period where Schroeder has to then go back to the bench. And I think that first game back was Sacramento and Schroeder um, at Sacramento, and Schroeder had a terrible game and took the took ownership of that loss. So anytime you come back from in- injury, especially a starter, it's not just a it's not fantasy sports. You don't just plug this player in and say, okay, well this is what he contributes consistently. So you just add that to the overall um, output of the team. So with all that in mind, I was very impressed with how under control Terrence Ferguson looked. He didn't look timid. He didn't look scared. He didn't look like he was trying to, you know, he's trying to favor his ankle. He didn't look like he was um, trying to overpass by any means. He looked completely under control. He he dribbled with purpose. He he cut with purpose. He ran off ball with purpose. And that's that's what you want to see out of Terrence Ferguson. He doesn't need to score really any points. He just needs to play defense. He needs to learn how to move off the ball, and he needs to understand where his teammates are so that when he does drive, he knows where they are. 
and he knew exactly where Jeremy Grant was. He knew exactly where Paul George was. He found Stephen Adams. I think Stephen uh, fumbled the ball, um, but it, it's still there. And you know, I know I've talked about Terrence Ferguson for like most of the show, but I mean that's especially with Andre Robertson being out for at least another month. That's that's huge because at this point, do we even really think that Andre Robertson's going to make a huge impact this year? And in the, the Thunder schedule is going to get tougher. You know, the, I don't know if they're going to stay at the, uh, atop the um, NBA defensive rating um, all year because their schedule just simply gets pretty damn tough um, in, in the next few weeks. Um, so Terrence Ferguson's development is going to be important for this team. And at the rate that he's going, you've got to be happy with it because you know at this point I think you can be happy with the uh, consistency, consistency of Jeremy Grant uh, he's a guy that you can now expect to go out there and get you a handful of buckets and get you a handful of great defensive possessions and be an X factor. And we know what Russell Westbrook and Paul George can bring to the table every night. And Stephen Adams is, you know, like like we've been saying, Madison and I've been saying on this podcast, Stephen Adams is a third option on this team, and more than a more than reliable third option on this team. And Dennis Schroeder is a six man of the year candidate. So if Terrence Ferguson is able to just bring, you know, just a consistency, whether it's just, you know, he might not, he might not score this night, but he'll, but he'll play some solid defense or um, he just starts, you know, he goes, I don't know, two for four, two for five from the three point line. That's nothing but good for the thunder. And I haven't even mentioned Nerlens Noel, who's now put together two really great games in a row. Um, I, I believe the Hawks game the other night, uh, was his second double-digit scoring output of the year with the Thunder, his first being the um, the start that he had against uh, Phoenix when Steven Adams was out. He had 20 and 15 or so. Uh, tonight he had 12 points, uh, I believe eight rebounds, two steals, two blocks, and he's just really kind of come into his role of being the like an energy guy off, off the bench, and you don't necessarily see that a lot from a center um, you, you mainly see it from like a wing or a guard. Like you would think Schroeder is the energy guy off the bench, but Schroeder is a he's an he's a starter in the NBA, and that's not necessarily his strength is to play with energy. His his energy is to his excuse me his uh, his strength is to play his game, which is you know some distribution, um, cutting into the lane, using his finesse, using his like this his smooth dribbling. Um, Get, got the teardrop game, the floater game, um, a, a fairly decent shooter when he has to rely on a jump shot, um, but just a guy that you can depend on to run your offense when Russell Westbrook is both on and off the floor. But Nerlens, you know, this is what I expected, um, and I think I said it the other night with Atlanta, this is what I expected when the Thunder initially signed him was just this level of play, and I, I don't expect him to drop 10 points a game, of course, but you know, just that energy, that that sequence was so amazing where uh, I believe it was in the uh, second quarter when the game was around the 10-point margin, let's just say. Uh, Nerland, or the Detroit's on offense. Nerland's Noel um, is running back on defense, and I think he just swipes at Reggie Jackson and forces a steal. And then he, um, Dennis Schroeder picks it up, runs back on offense. Schroeder goes up to the rim immediately tries to hit the layup and it bounces off the backboard off to the rim and then Nerlens Noel finishes it. Great, that's a great sequence. Well then, on the next defensive possession, the Pistons get in their offense and they dribble for about 10 or 15 seconds and then, uh, I can't remember, was it, let's see, I just want to be right. I th- it might have been, no, 
it might have been Ish. I think it was Ish Smith, but it might have been Glenn Robinson. But let's just say Ish Smith because he was a former Thunder player. Yay! And he's really fast. But on the next defensive possession, Nerlens Noel gets set right in front of the restricted area, knows exactly what Ish Smith is going to do, and takes a charge. So in one sequence of play, a continuous sequence of play, Nerlens Noel forces a turnover, finishes a missed shot, and then takes a charge. And that is what you want to see out of Nerlens Noel, are those types of plays. And that's exactly what he brings to the table. And if he can do that on a a somewhat night-to-night basis, along with Terrence Ferguson, along with Jeremy Grant, this team is, despite its flaws, <laughs> despite it has to, the Thunder have to be one of the best flawed teams in the NBA. And I obviously don't follow other teams this closely and this intricately, but I, I it's well known the Thunder's flaws. They're they're fairly easy to spot, but yet they still win. I think they're what fifth winners of 15 of their last 18 games, which is basically you take out those first four games where the Thunder lost. They've played 18 games since, and they've won 15 of them. So it's just amazing what they've been able to string along um, with some inconsistency in terms of the lineups. Um, Hamadou Diallo, once again, was available to play, but Billy Donovan described it as just another situational um, kind of uh, game, I guess, for him, similar to the Atlanta Hawks game the other night, where if somebody gets in foul trouble or if somebody rolls an ankle and we have to play him, then we'll throw him out there. And thankfully, the Thunder were not forced to throw him out there. <laughs> um, and I say thankfully because the fact that he's situational, and I know the Thunder have only really had, they've had one practice. They pract- they didn't practice on Saturday after the Hawks game. They were um, It was a planned off day. They practiced Saturday, which is when... Um, uh, or Sunday, which is when Billy Donovan and I, I was at practice when Billy Donovan told us that um, uh, Diallo was taken out of practice, you know, kind of early because he experienced some soreness, and so he had that kind of cut short. And then t- today they had a shoot around, which of course they don't really go through any um, contact drills. So I feel that once Diallo is able to go through a full practice of um, contact. And not and not have to take himself out in any way. I think that's when you'll see Hamadou Diallo return to his usual 18 to 20 minutes a night that he was starting to get into, where he would come in at the end of the first quarter, possibly start the second quarter, possibly sometimes start the third quarter, depending on foul trouble, and just be the other the the guard um, energy guy off the bench that Nerlens Noel is to the center position, power forward position. So. Um, that's what I'm going to assume. The, the Thunder, of course, traveling to Brooklyn. They'll play Wednesday. I don't know if they're going to be practicing tomorrow. Um, and then they play Chicago in Chicago on Friday night. So it's we'll see what type of... I'm, I'm sure Diallo is going to play fairly soon just because he's available. But I think Billy's just kind of a stickler for contact and being able to see a player play through contact. So um, that's just something to watch for, I guess, if you're a Thunder fan. But... Um, Other than that, there's really not that much else to say. Um, I didn't ask for questions tonight because my internet was incredibly laggy towards the end of the game. Um, I had to sign in and out of Twitter about a thousand times while I was trying to write my recap on thefranchiseok.com. If you haven't read it, go ahead and check it out. Um, (laughs) So I just didn't want to bother with 
um, asking for questions. Otherwise, I'd just be on here about 30 minutes later recording this thing and be much more angry. <laughs> so I'll spare you guys that. But yeah, there's really not that much else to say other than the Thunder just absolutely dominate this game. And they did it in the, in the third quarter, which, of course... Your boy wrote about on the franchiseok.com. Um, if you follow me on Twitter at Brady Does Sports, it's my pin tweet. Um, it's the article on my pin tweet. Um, had a lot of fun writing it. I actually, it's one of those things where I I was writing something based on an initial idea, just an observation that we've all had. The Thunder are really really good in the third quarter. They're also pretty damn good in the first quarter. So they basically start off games really well, and they start off games out of halftime really well, and it's led to a lot of victories. Um, but it was one of those situations where I wrote something, and as I was writing it, I kept asking myself more questions, and then I wanted to get the answers. And so it turned into a much bigger article than I initially anticipated. So I had fun writing it. So if you guys are bored, go ahead and check that out on thefranchiseok.com, along with all the other great content that Madison and I... Um, do a very, very great job with. And, of course, Jerry Ramsey, John Hamm, uh, <clears throat> Aaron Davis, Matt Ravis, those guys, Chisholm, Holland, everybody does such a fantastic job with the franchise, and I'm very, very thankful and lucky to be a part of it. It's just a little cog in the machine that makes our Thunder coverage go. But um, once again, the Thunder win 110-83 to in Detroit. The Thunder are 15-7 and on the year. Uh, they will be traveling, like I said, to Brooklyn, playing Wednesday night, and um, finishing out their road trip uh, Friday night in Chicago before returning to Oklahoma City to play the Utah Jazz for the first time since their uh, um, six-game exit of the first round of the 2017-18 playoffs. But yeah, that's just where we're going to close it out tonight. So uh, everybody, thank you so much for listening to the OKC82 podcast. Once again, it's the OKC82 podcast, Jerry. <laughs> um, but yeah, everybody, thank you so much for listening to the show um, and retweeting it and sharing it. Um, please subscribe or um, share or share it some more. Um, leave comments and ratings on um Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you're listening to it. Um, we both really, really appreciate it. We put a lot of love and work into this because it's a lot of fun to do. We get paid to talk about the Thunder and follow the team and analyze the team and write about the team and podcast about the team, and it's uh, really, really fun, and um, we appreciate feedback, of course. So, everybody, thank you all so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, one more time for the probably the fifth time, the Thunder went 110 to 83 against the Detroit Pistons, 15-7 on the year, and we'll play Brooklyn on Wednesday. But until then, everybody, of course, please, please, please stay sexy.